What's up, Boom Team? Welcome back to the podcast, episode five uh, of season two. I hope you guys are having a great day. I know I am. Uh, we are going to be recapping week five this week of the NFL, um, and then next week we're also going to be touching on the NBA as uh, the NBA season should be starting this weekend, um, or not this weekend, but the start of next week on uh, October 19th. Um, we're going to be recapping week five. We've got, I grabbed about seven games, um, that I'm going to go into, uh, with detail. Uh, this week I thought they were the games that meant the most, you know, you have some games where, you know, they just don't really mean as much, um, to the NFL and you don't really learn as much, um, from those ones. Um, I also have my divisional checkups. I do. I like to do like a like a quarterly kind of checkup on a division. It's almost like if you're working and you get your quarterly review. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna check up on each of the divisions, kind of uh, give my take on how all of them are performing, um, what I think you know, either each team or just the, all the teams in that division. In case, like in the case of the AFC South. Um, you know, just like how they could all improve or, you know, what they are lacking in. Um, I'm also going to be giving my power rankings for this month or for this week and um, also my picks for the next week. Um, but I did want to recap my picks for um, the past two weeks. I wanted to, to update you guys on my uh, my record of the season so far. I am 48 and 32, which I'm pretty happy with. I know it's uh, not as great as some other people that you might hear, but I, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Um this past week, I I really I did very well. Um, I only missed three games. Uh, in those three, I second guessed myself um, onto who I thought was going to win, and I um, I almost uh, I almost won all of them, but I was I, was, I didn't unfortunately. Uh, Thursday night, I had the Rams versus the Seahawks. I had the Rams beating the Seahawks, um, which uh, did happen. Unfortunately for my fantasy team, Russell Wilson got hurt, so I got to figure that part out, which is. Um, a whole nother slew of things I'm going to get into later. Uh, but I did get that game right. I I guess I'll go with the only games that I missed. Um, I missed the Broncos versus the Steelers. Um, I really, I, I my initial thought was, you know, the Broncos got kind of exposed in week four. Um, I'm going to actually choose the Steelers in this one and, you know, do that. And then I was like, no, you know, the Steelers aren't, haven't been doing that great. And the Broncos, you know, I think they'll bounce back and win. And I was completely wrong. Um my next uh, loss was uh, the Panthers and the Eagles. Um, I don't think a ton of people expected uh, the Eagles to uh, beat the Panthers. At least I didn't, because um, I, you know, the Panthers had been pretty solid. Um, they had great, like, solid play from Sam Darnold uh, going into the uh, game against Dallas, and even after that, um, Sam Darnold still was doing okay. You know, he didn't. You, you're not going to have an explosive performance every single week. So I was like, all right, I'll I'll stick with the Panthers. They have the better defense. They have a good run game. Even though they're missing Christian McCaffrey, uh, Hubbard is still a solid running back. Um, and they and DJ Moore has been going off. So I thought, you know what, I'll stick with the Panthers. And they lost to the Eagles by a field goal, which, um, you know, that's just how things work out sometimes. I'll get into that game as well when I uh, start recapping each of the uh, uh, divisions and commenting on those players and whatnot. Um, and then my last game that I missed was the Raiders and the Bears. Um, I didn't really expect the Bears to pull this one out. Um, I've been a proponent for the Raiders uh, so far this year. Um, that I've obviously changed my opinion on that. Um, after the stories that are coming about John Gruden and stuff, which I'm also going to comment on later after I get done recapping all of this. Um, but I didn't really expect the Bears to pull it out. I uh, was actually severely disappointed in the Raiders that they allowed the Bears to, to win this game. Um, but yeah, th that was my only other loss. I only have three, so I can't complain too much. Um, and then Monday night, I also, I'm just commenting on all those games. Um, Monday night, I also had the uh, Ravens of the Colts and I did, uh, get the Ravens. Uh, I did get that one right, but God, I was so close to getting that one wrong. Um, this week's power rankings going into week six. Um, the bills are the, are the number one spot for me. Um, and I think it's kind of hard to argue anybody else, uh, being in the number one spot other than, uh, the Buffalo bills, um, after the performance against Kansas city and every other performance, honestly, except for the, the Steelers game, um, you know, they, they haven't scored less than 35. They've been, uh, unbelievable. Um, number two, I put the Cardinals. They've just been playing really solid football uh, consistently as well. That's something I was really looking for in the Cardinals this year. Um, this season's still pretty young, um, but the Cardinals have been playing very consistent football, um, which is why I put them at number two because I think other than the Bills, I'm not sure there's a lot of other teams that can uh, run with the Cardinals right now because they're just so explosive. Um, 
Number three was the Chargers. Uh, I, I I could argue that my probably eight to like one area or maybe like eight to three teams uh, could be changed a little bit. Um, but this is where I put these teams now because I just feel like uh, these teams have ramped it up more as well because um, I think the Chargers could be a, are a little high, especially compared to some other power rankings that I've seen. Uh, but I think with their game against the Browns this past week that, I'll, that I'm going to talk about, um, I think the Chargers are just red hot right now, and I think they deserve to be um, in the top five for sure. Uh, number four, I have the Bucks. Uh, the Buccaneers have just been proving uh, to be that consistent team that they that they have been, other than their pass defense, which is uh, really hurting. Uh, but even so, the offense kind of makes up for it um, because you know those pat. There were two weeks there against the uh, against the Patriots that uh, and the week before that you know the offense wasn't really producing that much. Um, they weren't doing as great they weren't putting up crazy points and you know they only had 19 against the Patriots and the Patriots aren't the best team in the NFL um so it kind of brought up some concerns about the offense but um this week they really just ran it up on the Dolphins uh, an injured Dolphins team and they just they never let up off the gas Tom Brady um threw 400 yards um and five touchdowns for the first time of his career which uh, I didn't know that there had there could be more career firsts for him um, you know, he's done almost anything that he could ever achieve as an offensive player, um, and as a player, just period. Um, so it's really, that was a really impressive, uh, game from him. Um, I'm going to watch it back on the game pass too. I've been trying to get all my games like watched or at least a decent amount of games watched for the podcast, um, to where I can give you guys, you know, analysis on as many games as I can, but you know, that's just not like being a one person show. That's a not super realistic. You can't watch every single one in detail because, you know, I got work and all that stuff. I got other things I got to do. Um, but I'm trying my best. But um, from what I gathered from this Buccaneers game is just the Bucks really righted their ship against a team that, um, you know, had no business playing against them at all. Um, obviously, you know, they they have a schedule, so the, the Dolphins obviously have to play the Bucks. But, you know, these teams are not in the same realm at all when it comes to, to talent or skill level or, you know, coaching. They're just not on the same plane at all. Um, and, yeah, so that's why I have the Bucks at number four because even though they've uh, – been a little, a little slippery this year in the passing defenses and as good as it was. And, um, you know, the injury list for them just keeps racking up. Um, I still think that they're one of the uh, top five teams in the NFL. Um, number six, I have the Rams. Uh, the Rams are, they had a very interesting uh, showing on Thursday against Seattle. Um, they were lucky, I think, that Russell Wilson had been hurt um, late in the game, which really kind of sealed it for him. Uh, the defense came up big and had an interception um, on Seattle's, you know, last big drive of the game. Um, and, you know, the Rams played a, an all-around, like, a well-rounded game. I mean, 26 points is should be enough to uh, to, to win you a football game, especially in today's uh, NFL. Um, you are seeing the offense slow down a little bit um, for the Rams. You're not seeing, you know, the super high-flying, you know, Cooper Cup getting you know, 11 catches for 150 yards. You're not seeing that every week like we were in the first couple weeks of the, the NFL, but still the run uh, the run offense is um, doing very well. Daryl Henderson's, you know, just a, a human bowling ball, um, and they really took advantage of the Seattle defense that uh, is still struggling, and it seems like it always has been struggling ever since the, uh, since the Super Bowl season. Um, but the Rams, I still still think, are one of the best, well, most well-rounded teams, and one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, and then, like I said before, they do everything right. They do all the little things right, um, which is what makes a good team a great team, because uh, you don't really slip up that much. Um, which is why I put the Rams at number five. Uh, number six, I have the Ravens. Um, some could argue that the Ravens should be in the top five as well. Um, the Ravens, I thought their past performance on Monday night, um, was a little concerning for me. It was less concerning because they were able to pull it back and, and win the game. Um, and it, you know, it was a great win. It was a great comeback win. It was in Baltimore. It was fantastic. Lamar Jackson had a career night as well. Did, uh, uh, Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown, they both had career nights, um, receiving as well. Um, and I'm going to get into them a little bit later too. Um, but that's why the Rams aren't really in the top five. They're still high up on there. You know, they're in the top 10 teams, um, in my, in my power rankings here. But, uh, the fact that they were down against a team like the Colts, that was a little concerning for me. Um, number seven, uh, we have the Packers, uh, the Green Bay Packers also, um, escaped with a win this week, um, against the Bengals, um, which I'm going to get into as well. I have notes on that one. 
Um, but the Green Bay Packers, I thought, played a pretty solid game. I thought they played a whole game of football. Um, they just got an unfortunate play on special teams um, that you know everybody knows about with uh, Mason Crosby um, having the worst day of his career. Number eight, I have the Dallas Cowboys. Um, some a lot of people are, have been putting Dallas at like number four or number five in their uh, power rankings, and I'm trust me, I'm a Cowboys fan. I want to put these guys, you know, right at the top with you know the likes of the the Bucks and the Rams and the Chargers, considering they beat the Chargers in L.A. Um, but the Cowboys, these past three games that they've won, um, they have all been in Dallas, and um, the Cowboys usually do well in Dallas um but they also are notorious for not doing the best away um that's just how it's been um in like in the history of uh, the Cowboys I'm not saying that it's going to be a trend that's going to carry over to this year um but I do want to see them go to an opponent um and actually uh win a game especially when they have uh their upcoming game this week against the um uh give me a second here I just slip in my mind I'm just looking through my my schedules, my computer's being slow. It is, they are going up against the Patriots. They're going to be in New England. Sorry, I had to look that up. But they're going against New England, in New England. Um, you know, they're going to have to beat a scheme like the Patriots. Um, they're going to have to beat Bill Belichick, like, mentally. And they're going to have to, you know, they'll probably be crippled in some way, shape, or form, um, just like they were the last time they played the Patriots. Um, so I want to see them go into Foxborough and beat a team like the Patriots, who can be who can be a dangerous um, from time to time. And I just want to see them do that before I start hiking them higher up onto the the list here. But they are they are one of the um, highest flying offenses in the league. Uh, the defense is really hard nosed. The run defense has improved a lot this year. Um, and Trayvon Diggs is a superstar so far this year, um, which I'm going to get into him more later because I don't think he's being overhyped, but I think he should be. Uh, I think everybody should dial dial back just a little bit on Trayvon Diggs, but I'll get into that later. Um, number nine are the Cleveland Browns. Um, the Browns had a solid showing this week, um, even though they lost to the to the Chargers. Um, this is a game I'm also going to get into because it was a goddamn roller coaster. Um, but I think the Browns are still one of the top ten teams in the NFL. The defense is arguably the best in the NFL um and the offense is pretty consistent um you know Baker's not the best quarterback in the world but he gets the job done um he gets the ball where it needs to be um and they have the best running offense in the NFL so I think they really belong here and a team that has broken the top 10 for me um just based off of their play even though they they're probably the best three and two team in the NFL to me I think they are is uh the Bengals the Bengals had an amazing game against this, the Packers this week and almost walked away with a win um, and I, I loved their performance. Uh, Jamar Chase is a, an at, he's a super superstar. Um, this guy is just electric. He beats anybody down the field. Um, he can catch almost anything. It seems like you know he has been on a complete 180 since the preseason. Um, so I'm really enjoying watching the Bengals. Um, a team that has left the top 10 and has been there for the past three years for a lot of people um, is the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs are number 11 for me. Um, I was really disappointed with their performance this week, and they have a lot of issues that they got to fix. Um, number 12, I have the Saints. Um, the Saints pulled it off against Washington this week, but I still think that they have their offensive issues um, that's going to uh, hinder them uh, going into the season, especially when they got to play you know, the likes of the, the Buccaneers and the Cowboys, and they, they got to do all that. So that's going to be harder for them if they don't figure it out on offense pretty soon. Um, number 13, I have the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers have inconsistent play um, so far this season, especially the last two weeks. Um, so I had to drop them a couple spots. Um, number 14 is the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings were able to pull it off against the Lions this week, which is, you know, the, finally the, the win that they needed um, to really get going. I really like this Vikings offense. They're super explosive, um, and they've just been really uh, unlucky this season um, with how their games have worked out. Uh, number 15 are the Broncos. The Broncos, I think, are starting to be exposed for who they really are. Um, that's why I had to drop them a couple spots this week. Uh, number 16, the Raiders. The Raiders, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on the Raiders because – I was severely disappointed um, this week when I read the the whole John Gruden um, situation, and you know that's just on top of the Urban Meyer situation. It seems like these NFL coaches are wilding out a little bit too much. Um, John Gruden, if you don't know, um, he is a, a coach for the Raiders, who was also a coach for the Buccaneers in the early two thousands, um, who 
meant a lot to those two organizations. Um, and he was found this past week uh, sending emails out to you know whoever i didn't really get to i didn't really see who he's sending him out to um but he was talking about the nflpa um uh head um calling him you know racist slurs um talking about the nfl commissioner who everybody has their own feelings about but at the end of the day he is the commissioner of the nfl um he was you know saying homophobic slurs misogynistic slurs um and all these uh emails and it's just uncalled for and it's not it's not okay. Um, you know, the world has changed a lot um, since the time that John Gruden grew up. Um, and that's not that's not an excuse. You know, it's not an excuse for John Gruden to just say the things that he does and, you know, it be okay. Um, you can't say these things, especially in a position that he's in where he has not only an entire franchise depending on his, you know, uh, ability to make a play or not, like, draw up a play. Um, he also – it's just – he has like a whole fan base behind him who the Raiders fans are probably some of the most loyal fans in the NFL um, from what I've noticed and what I've gathered. And it's just really disappointing to see, um, you know, somebody who is so storied in the NFL and has such a long tenure in the NFL to, you know, do something like this and to talk this way about people. Um, it's just, it's not okay. It's not allowed, especially when you have, um, a player on your team who is, uh, from, if I can remember correctly, the first active, um, openly gay NFL player and Carl Nassib, um, on the Raiders defense, you know, he, God knows what he's, you know, said about his players, um, about, you know, whoever. Um, and it just makes you really wonder, you know, how many of these coaches are doing the same thing. Now I'm not saying that this is all how all coaches are, but, you know, how many people in the NFL are, are this way? And it takes me all the way back to my one of my earlier episodes of the podcast in season one where I had talked about the uh, Washington football team um, and the whole sexual assault thing. And uh, there's like 15 women who had come forward about uh, how they felt like they had been uh, like, you know, whether it was verbally or, you know, physically or they just felt like they were in a, a hostile work environment. Um, and you can go back and listen to that podcast if you want to. I went on like a 25-minute rant about it. Um, it was on the episode with my brother. I believe it was episode uh, either 14 or 15. Um, but, you know, that was the, the, I've never had much respect for the Washington uh, organization um, because of those kinds of things, um, you know, where their sexual assault kind of things happen. Or people are just acting in ways that they should not be and that they, they know they shouldn't be. I don't care if you're a millionaire, billionaire, um, you know, owner of a football team, or you're a millionaire coach, head coach of an NFL team, these things are not okay. You can't say these things about people. You can't email these things to people. You, It's just not okay. That's not how the world works t today. And it, it never has been okay, to be honest. It was just, you know, not as talked about and not as, you know, fought back against. Um, and I'm, I'm really disappointed um, in John Gruden. It's, it's terrible because the Raiders are such a long-tenured organization, um, and this is just going to be a stain on there forever. Um, I have a lot of respect for Mark Davis. The story goes that Mark Davis drove straight down to the facility, the Raiders facility, um, and like ordered for John Gruden to be found. And he went and found him, went into his office, had a, a quick talk with him, and then told him, you know, basically he was fired. Um, and John Gruden uh, resigned, or he, he didn't say he was fired, but John Gruden ended up, ended up resigning. Um, but Mark Davis took care of it. He took care of what he needed to take care of, and that's um, something I have a lot of respect for Mark Davis for because um, a lot of people would just, you know, be like, oh, you know, they would try and figure out a way around it um, to keep somebody in there. But Mark Davis um, did what he was supposed to do and what he needed to do, um, and that was get rid of John Gruden, which I have a lot of respect for. Um and anybody out there listening, you know, it's it's not uncommon knowledge to not be to not say these things about people, to not, you know, be homophobic, to not be misogynistic, to not, you know, say racist things. That's just some things that you you know not to do. Whatever part of the world that you're, you know, pulled up in, you know not to do these things. Um, and it's just unfortunate that somebody like John Gruden um, still acts this way and still, you know, talks like that. Um, and yeah, it's just unfortunate. Um, I don't know what it means for the Raiders going forward. Um, uh, their head, their stand-in head coach is uh, Rich Biasa. I think that's how you say his last name. I'm sorry if the quality of the podcast just changed. I don't know what's going on. Um, it should be bearable, though. 
Um, I don't know what's going on with it. Um, but it's uh, Rich Biasa. He has been with the Raiders for uh, the last four seasons as an assistant coach and a special teams coordinator. Um, he's also uh, a very seasoned coach. He's in his 20th season in the NFL. He was also with John Gruden um, in Tampa Bay um, in the early 2000s. Uh, so he's not, you know, he's not an unseasoned, you know, coach or anything. He knows what's going on. He knows um, how to run the organization. I just don't know how it'll affect the Raiders moving forward. But nonetheless, we've got to move on. Um, we're going to move on to the New England Patriots. Uh, New England has been pretty solid this season. Um, I thought I'd put them at 17 because they're in the lower echelon of players or of, uh, of teams, but they, they've been pretty good. Uh, the defense is solid. They pulled off the win against Houston this week, which I'm going to touch on because I thought it was a, a really, really solid win. It was a good team win for the, for the New England Patriots. So that's why I'm going to bring it up. But they're at 17. I have the Steelers at 18. Um, the Steelers, I don't think, are going anywhere this season. Um, they were lucky to pull off the win against the Broncos, uh, I thought. And, yeah, I'm not very confident in this team this year. And uh, I could see them, you know, staying around this area of 18 to, like, maybe 15, but n not moving anywhere anytime soon. Number 19, I have the Titans. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Titans. I think the Titans are going to be very inconsistent this year, um, especially with their injuries and the defense not playing that great and A.J. Brown doing virtually nothing. Um, and Ryan Tannehill not really doing, uh, being spectacular or doing much either. Um, so that's why I put them at 19, uh, 20. I have the bears. Um, the bears are probably one of the lowest rated three and two teams in, in this list. Um, I don't really, how do I put this? Like the bears have beaten, uh, bad teams. You know, they beat Detroit, uh, and teams like that. I just don't really see the Bears doing anything that spectacular this year. Um, that's why I rated them kind of low because I don't really see them uh, being any higher. They beat the Raiders, but like I said, the Raiders have got every issue in the world right now. Um, and, yeah, I just don't really see the Bears being that great. Uh, 21, I have the Washington football team. Uh, I thought that they are probably going to stay around this area as well. They're a, one of the lower echelon teams to me. Um, the defense has not been playing as great as it should be. It's not playing up to its talent level. Um, Taylor Heineke has been – good um but not great um you know they can't pull off wins against teams like the saints who have their their own issues as well um that's why i think they should sit down here uh number 22 is the eagles even though the eagles beat the panthers this week who i obviously put the panthers up at, at 13 um i don't think the eagles are that great as well the defense is playing better um and the offense is starting to click but that offensive line is just destroyed um it's got a lot of injuries on there and i don't really see the eagles uh doing that much moving forward um, the 49ers, I put them at 23. Um, I put the Niners at 23 because they still need to figure out their quarterback situation. Um, they almost pulled off the divisional win against the, the Cardinals this week, um, which I thought was really interesting, um, you know, because I, you know how I feel about divisional games. Um, but they need to figure out their quarterback situation uh, because, yeah, they, they've been playing Trey Lance for the past two games, but there's no saying that they're going to not play Jimmy Garoppolo uh, moving forward either. Um I think that they can figure out their quarterback situation and get the offense to uh, click a little bit better, then they'll definitely climb this list. Uh, 24, I have the Colts. Um, I don't really see the Colts doing much this year, especially when they blew the, the win against the, the Ravens and when they were up 16 points in the fourth quarter. Um, I don't really see them doing much this year, and I'm going to touch on them later as well. Uh, 25, I have the Seahawks. Um, the Seahawks were really unfortunate to lose Russell Wilson this past week, um, even though... Um, they, you know, Russell Wilson ha wasn't having a great game. Uh, he didn't, I don't know how to say it. Like, you're not going to play Geno Smith over Russell Wilson for that long. Um, Geno Smith went right down the field against the Rams and was, you know, lighting them up and he he scored and he threw it to DK Metcalf and that's great, but you're not going to get that every week from Geno Smith. I'm sorry. You're just not. Um, and yeah, they're going to really miss Russell Wilson and on top of a, a bad defense, I don't really see Hawks, uh, moving. I don't see them moving from 25 in this area for very long. Um, the 26, I got the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons pulled off the win against the Jets this week, which isn't really saying much, to be honest. Um, it was in London, which was cool, uh, but I don't really see the Falcons being that great at all this year. Um, in my opinion on them, hasn't really changed much. Um, 27, I have the Lions, who I think are probably a little high, especially being an 0-5 an team, but... Um, they are a very talented team. Um, they've just met some, there's some really bad opponents for them. 
Um, and I'm really hoping that the uh, the Lions will be able to string it together because I do. I, I honestly I enjoy Jared Goff. I enjoy Jamal Williams. T.J. Hawkinson's good. Um, Penny Sewell is a insanely good lineman, um, and they have a lot of talent. It's just got they got to be able to string it together. Um, and their 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 head coach absolutely it's a Taylor. He absolutely loves these these guys. He is a really invested coach, um, which I appreciate because I think that his players are going to really feed off of that and they're going to play harder. Um, for him, I mean, he was crying when they dropped down to five and or to zero and five because you know they had tried so hard, um, and they were so close to beating the Vikings and getting their first win um, of the season, but they just it just didn't happen. The Vikings pulled it off, and he was just heartbroken about it. And that shows you know a coach that actually that cares a lot, and um, I think that's going to benefit um, the the team morale as a whole um, later on. Uh, Twenty eight to have the Texans. I was pretty impressed with the Texans' performance this week and Davis Mills. Um, but they're still a, a lower echelon team. I don't think they're that great. They've been playing better, but they're not very good to me. Um, and yeah, I have the 29, I have the Dolphins. Uh, the Finns are injury ridden. Um, and this wide receiver core that they have, um, when they added Jalen Waddle, was supposed to be one of the best in the NFL. Um, and it's not. Will Fuller is just having a nightmare season with injuries. Um, and it's just not working out there. And um, yeah, they're in a lot of trouble this year. 30, I have the G Men. Uh, the Giants, they uh, they could be 32 for, you know, and that wouldn't be something to argue with. Um, the Giants are the most injury-ridden team in, in the NFL. They had uh, three more injuries this past game with uh, Kadarius Toney, uh, Daniel Jones, and Saquon. They're, they're just they're in a bad spot. Um, 31, I have the Jags. Uh, the Jaguars are still not great. Uh, they're, they're not very good at all. Um, they... Lost to the Titans by a good margin. Um, they couldn't even hang with the Titans, who, like I said, I don't think very much of the Titans at all. Um, and I still think they have a long way to go, especially with the whole Urban Meyer situation, which is just another fucking rat, rat's nest of things that you got to go in about. Um, but, yeah, there's no morale in that team at all. Um, it's just it's bad in Jacksonville right now. Um, and then 32, I have the Jets. Um, the Jets are still struggling on offense. The defense is okay, um, but they're not going to be going anywhere anytime soon. All right, welcome back. So I was just taking a little break there in the transition, but um, we're going to go over about seven games that I had um, taken notes on and had personally watched, um, and then we're going to go over my divisional um, like updates uh, and just check-ins on each of these divisions and how they're doing. Um, and yeah, we're just going to hop right into it. So, um, and I'm, I'm also, I want to say right away, um, I hope the audio is better. I had closed out the app that I'm using. Uh, it's Audacity, uh, if you guys want to use it. Um, but I don't know why, but it was acting weird. Um, but I closed it out, and I saved the other file and uh, closed it, and now it's back. So I don't know what, what was being, what was weird. I didn't change anything, so I don't know. But we're going to hop right into this. So we're going to go on to Sunday Night Football with the Bills absolutely dominating the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City has the turnover bug. Um, Patrick Mahomes has thrown six interceptions. Not every single one of them are his fault, I believe. Uh, a lot of them I've seen have been like tip passes that have just gone right off the hands of his wide receivers. Um, but, you know, not all of them are his uh, his mistakes, but all, some of them are as well. So they have six interceptions from Pat- Patrick Mahomes and then five total fumbles. Um, and if you just want to put it into perspective that Kansas City – um, you know, arguably the, one of the best offices, offenses of the past decade that we have seen um, is tied with Jacksonville for the most turnovers this, this, this year. Um, that's with Trevor Lawrence throwing an average of like one to two a game. Um, it's just not good. Not throwing interceptions, obviously. Um, that just shows Kansas City's, you know, inability to take care of the football. Um, they're tied for um, most rushing touchdowns given up in the NFL, um, tied with, uh, again, Jacksonville and the Texans with nine rushing touchdowns given up. Um, so their defense is obviously a uh, big issue, um, and we've known that. Um, but they're also tied with Jacksonville for uh, yards per passing completion given up, which is about nine, um, which is almost a first down, which is this, that's horrible. Um, in this game, the Chiefs couldn't stop the Bills passing offense at all. Um, they allowed multiple long passes, um, as well as not being able to stop Josh Allen on the ground at all. Um, you know, it just seemed like if Josh Allen wasn't throwing at it in the pocket, he was just rolling out a little bit and finding um, the tight end knocks down the field a little bit, or he was finding Emmanuel Sanders or somebody or uh, Stephon Diggs 
Um, and, it, you know, they just couldn't do anything. The The passing defense for the Chiefs is awful. The run defense is not that great either. The whole defense as a whole is just garbage. Um, they really need to figure this out and figure out the defense. Um, and they need to take care, better care of the ball soon. Um, or they're looking at a losing record um, going into the second half of the season. And I say that because they're in a tough division. Um, the Raiders and the Broncos aren't as great as we thought they were, but the Chargers, are, they are that, that team. They are very good. And they could easily win the division. Um, if the Chiefs keep it up, and the Chiefs got uh, a bunch of ba- a bunch of good teams coming up soon, they've got the uh, the Chargers, they've got the Cowboys, they've got a lot of teams coming up this year that are not gonna, you know, they're not gonna be light on the Chiefs. Um, they're gonna beat up on the Chiefs, especially if they make these mistakes, because the Cowboys are a team that are gonna capitalize on that. The Chargers are a team that's going to capitalize on that. They've got uh, Washington this coming week. Um, they've got Tennessee after that. New York, Green Bay. Uh, they got the Raiders, the Cowboys. Uh, they got Denver. They got the Raiders again. The Chargers. They they don't have a lot of teams. They have the Cardinals this year as well. Um, they have a lot of teams that are not going to take kindly to them, um, and that are going to beat up on them as the as the weeks go on. Um, so yeah, the Chiefs, the Chiefs really got to figure this out. Um, the Bills have been red hot this season um, since the week one loss to Pittsburgh. Um, they've been scoring 35 points and above in every game after that and dominating opposing offenses um, and becoming arguably the best team in the NFL. Um, I expect Buffalo to only lose maybe two or three games this year um, and really emerge as the AFC favorite um, that they've been trying to become. Um, and really, uh, you know, this game showed that they can topple over the Chiefs. Um, so if they can continue up their winning ways, they're, they're looking really good for a Super Bowl run this year. Um, the Chargers and the Browns were in a heavyweight bout. This game was insane. This was, oh my God, this was crazy. Um, this game ended almost a hundred points being scored. Um, there was like little to no defense played, which is I think part of the reason why the Browns lost because a big part of the Browns game is, uh, you know, stopping the other team's offense, uh, you know, with, with really solid defense. That's just how they are. Um, but little to no defense was played in this game as the Chargers and the Browns scored nearly 100. I think uh, the math, it was like 89 points was scored um, in total. Uh, the Chargers, Justin Herbert, uh, he went absolutely nuts this game, throwing uh, 398 yards, four touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. Um, and that that bastard hit. Okay, so I, I was playing fantasy this week, right? And I the guy I was playing against had Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler. They both had 40, <laughs> and I lost by six points. I was so upset. But anyway, my, my fantasy woes aside, um, Austin Eckler also had an unbelievable game, as I stated, uh, running for two touchdowns, and um, he was just absolutely electric. He caught one as well. Um, whenever they needed a big play, it always seemed like uh, either Austin Eckler or Mike Williams, um, who Mike Williams also caught for 165 yards and two touchdowns. It always seemed like those two guys were coming up huge. Um, Keenan Allen was virtually out of this game. He had a couple, um, you know, clutch catches to get a first down, but, you know, nothing like Mike Williams had where Mike Williams had, you know, two touchdowns where he was just wide open downfield. Um, for me in this game, the Chargers drew a lot of comparison to the Cowboys. Um, I think that's why the game that they played was, was so close um, because these two teams are really good um, and they, they possibly could be better than the Cowboys. That's kind of why I put them up higher on the power rankings because I thought um, – I thought right now with the opponents that they've defeated that, you know, they they hold a little bit, you know, uh, higher up on the Cowboys, even though they lost. Um, they're a dynamic offense, just like Dallas, um, that can pick you apart from anywhere on the field um, with multiple receivers uh, that can, you know, tear you apart, whether it's Keenan Allen, whether it's Mike Williams, Jared Cook, uh, Austin Eckler coming to the backfield, just like Dallas with Amari Cooper, um, CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz, uh, or Ezekiel Elliott. You know, they could, they're very similar. Um, and they also both have hard-nosed defenses who are just going to really take it to you. Um, and, you know, they're not the best, but they're they're very good. The defenses on these two teams play very hard, especially the Chargers. This Chargers defense played phenomenal. Uh, other than giving up 42 points, obviously, um, they've been playing phenomenal this season. I, I mean, I'm not trying to, to contradict myself. I mean, they've been playing very well this season. Um Cleveland, however, they showed great heart in this game um, and the ability to compete time and time again with the AFC's best, like the Chiefs, um, who unfortunately they lost to, but they were right there with the Chiefs in, um, in the beginning of the season. Uh, they, you know, competed with the Chargers like very close, and they, they honestly, 
they they should have won this game. The thing that really concerns me about uh, the Browns is their inability to score on offense um, when it matters most and it's of the utmost importance. Um, you know, the Chiefs game uh, interception at the end of the game, um, they left way too much time on the clock, uh, and they turned the ball over in their final drive of the game um, when they were down late against the Chargers, and they... Um, like I said, they left way too much time on the clock for the Chargers to go downfield and score, especially with the offense of the Chargers being so dynamic and so fast um, that you can't really leave a lot of time on the clock for these guys. Um, the run offense was, once again, fantastic for Cleveland. Um, Chubb and Hunt combined for three touchdowns. Um, they were absolutely fantastic. And it was a really fun game to watch. Not a fun game to watch if you like you know, um, close games that aren't you know just people hucking a football downfield 50 yards into the end zone. Um, but if you do like that, and this was a game for you. Um, next up is uh, Dallas continues to roll um, as the Giants IR report grows. Um, the Cowboys keep their second half scoring power strong. I don't know if anybody's noticed this yet, but uh, as of week five, Dallas has the highest second half uh, points in the NFL with 18 um, that's just on average between all five weeks. There are teams that stick with them. Um, their abilities to, to do this uh, keeps them in the company with the NFL's best, like the Rams, Tampa, the Chiefs, even though the Chiefs aren't that great right now, the Chargers, the Bills. Um, the, and those are all top teams in the NFL, like I said. you know. Um, so Dallas is, and Dallas is a top all those guys when it comes to second-half scoring. And um, you can see it, too. Like if you read into, the, into their previous games, and once, it, once they come at a half, they're either within a score of the other team or they're um, maybe losing, and then they just come out firing in the second half. So their, their ability to do that is what's going to win them a lot of games this year. Um, unfortunately, the Giants' injury report grew tremendously um, and even more devastating. Um, Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones both left the game in the first half with uh, really concerning injuries um, on top of a already fractured wide receiver core. Um, Daniel Jones got hit in the head on a run. Um, it was a concussion. Easily, you could tell the Cowboys player just came in. He went to go tackle Dan t Daniel Jones, but it was like a weird tackling for him, and he just hit Daniel Jones right on the crown of his head, and uh, Daniel Jones was like stumbling trying to get up, and that's when he knew the game was over for him. Um, and Saquon Barkley has a, a sprained uh, ankle, um, but it blew up like a damn balloon, um, and it was it was it was awful to look at. So so that that was the worst for the Giants because their IR report already has everybody on it already. And then uh, Kenny Galladay left the game with a knee injury. Um, his didn't seem as devastating as these other two. Um, However, though, the Giants did experience uh, Kadarius Toney going off for the first time. Kadarius Toney um, has shown shiftiness in the previous games for the Giants this year, um, but against Dallas, he, he, was, he was something else. Uh, before getting ejected for fighting, um, Kadarius Toney caught uh, just a few, a few yard pass and made what seemed like every Dallas defender miss. Um, and New York has really found something special in Kadarius Toney. <clears throat> but they uh they need to have somebody to throw to him and Mike Glennon you know did fine against Dallas but um you know you need a, a high level quarterback to really make Kadarius Tony um that more valuable um he was ejected for fighting and then he also um might get suspended a game and he also got hurt um he got he, you saw him getting carted off at the end of the game so they you know once they get a star then he gets hurt um, but Kadarius Tony had, I think, two touchdowns and like 189 yards receiving. Um, he just went nuts in the second half, but um, he never really helped the Giants pull back into the game. Um, it was always lost right after the Daniel Jones got taken out. Um, next up, the Packers survive uh, against the Dangles defense or the Bengals defensive show. The Dangles. Um, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers were almost upset against the the Bengals. Aaron Rodgers threw for 344 yards and two touchdowns and an interception. Aaron Jones ran for 103 yards, and Devontae Adam caught 206 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, the Packers' offense was just the 2020 version of it. They were absolutely fantastic. Both, uh, All three of their, their big three, I would say, um, were all, all just firing on all cylinders. Aaron Rodgers was slinging it downfield, except for one um, early interception. He took care of the ball very well. Devontae Adams was uh, very underappreciated in this game as to how well he played. Um, and so was Aaron Jones, in my opinion. Um, but the the big story of it was that Packers' Mason Crosby had the worst game of his life, um, missing four consecutive field goals, and two of them that would have put the game away. <clears throat> uh, the Bengals, however, they did put up a hell of a fight against the Packers. 
Um, the Bengals' defense combined or continued to be hard hitting and put on a constant layer of pressure on the quarterback. Um, Champawuzie, he he is something else. That guy is fast. I really wish he had stayed on Dallas. <laughs> um, he's fast. He's hard hitting. Von Bell is the same way. This this Bengals' defense is something that's going to grow into something really special because these guys they come at you fast. They are blanketed all over you, and they can apply constant pressure on the quarterback. And I really like this defense. Um, Joe Burrow, however, he could have taken better care of the ball on offense um, to give the Bengals a better chance at winning. Um, but nonetheless, he had a decent day. He threw almost 300 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and like I said earlier, Jamar Chase continues to build his uh, resume for Offensive Rookie of the Year and Rookie of the Year. Um, he he, ca- he caught uh, 150 yards and a touchdown, uh, and I've been really trying to get him on fantasy ever since he started to do well because I, I was not a Jamar Chase guy um, coming into the season. Uh, next up, the Patriots make the comeback against the Texans. Um, Davis Mills, in the in the first part of the game, uh, led a 15-plus play drive to score a, a touchdown in the opening drive, and he looked confident. Um, he also threw another touchdown right after that, two drives in a row. It was a long touchdown pass um, on the run. Uh, he rolled out to Chris Moore. Uh, Davis Mills had a had a great day, I thought, um, and I don't know why people keep sleeping on this guy. Like he's not gonna he's not gonna go winning a Super Bowl, but he's doing just fine. Um, in in lieu of uh, Tyrod Taylor being hurt, he threw for three hundred uh, and twelve yards and three touchdowns against the same defense that held Tom Brady to zero t- to zero touchdowns, and nobody's talking about it. You know, I know, um, obviously, you know, in the Bucks versus Patriots game, um, you know, Belichick knows Brady. He knows their tendencies. But you've got to also think he's got – Tom Brady's got Pro Bowl wide receivers everywhere. And then, you know, you put Davis Mills, who's got nobody pretty much on on uh, his receiving core, um, and he's getting 300 yards and three touchdowns and almost beating the New England Patriots. I, you know, and nobody's talking about it. Um, ever since the game that Davis Mills played against the Panthers, I thought this guy was playing just fine. I, you know, he's doing he's doing his job. He moves well. He throws well. He's very accurate. Um, and I, I like Davis Mills a lot. He played a great game. Um, Mac Jones on the other side, um, he started out perfect in this game. Uh, he went 7-for-7 seven seven on the first two drives, which isn't a lot of passes, but he was perfect. Um, he ended up throwing 231 yards, a touchdown, and an, and an interception. Um, New England's defense uh, couldn't defend the pass at all, um, or the run, really, um, until the second half of the game when uh, they just virtually shut down Houston. Um, Matthew Judon gained his, uh, his uh, fifth and sixth sack of the season. He's having a great season so far, um, and I'm really paying attention to him because he showed up big against the Buccaneers, and he's just been he's been a monster all season for them. Um, the Patriots showed uh, tremendous heart against the Texans, um, being down late and going into the second half um, and being scored on to start the half. New England didn't start their um, didn't start their comeback until after um, the Texans had scored their third touchdown in the third quarter, um, which made it even harder. But um, and they had to start climbing from the get go. Um, but the New England defense stepped up and held the uh, the Texans to a scoreless almost the entire second half because um, the Texans got the ball to. Um, Got the ball in the second half. They scored right away, and then after that, they didn't score at all. And um, the defense for the uh, the Patriots was phenomenal. Um, Cardinals survived the divisional bout against the the 49ers. Um, the Cards were held to a season low of scoring of uh, 17 points, um, but still pulled off the win against uh, Trey Lance and the the rookie quarterback. Um, and the Niners, you know, trying to get their new system in in the mix. You know, trying to get the wave of the new thing. Um, Kyler Murray threw for 239 yards and a touchdown. Um, the thing, though, that made this game winnable for the Niners was that he was contained to the pocket. Um, the Niners were able to keep him in there. He ran for seven, r- ran seven times and only got one yard. That is how you beat the Cardinals, okay? Obviously, the 49ers lost, but they held them to 17 points, and they kept Kyler Murray in the pocket. You need to keep this guy in the pocket, just like Lamar Jackson, just like Josh Allen. You need to keep these guys in the pocket and make them throw against you. And that's exactly what the Niners did, and they could, this was a winnable game. Um, with more offensive production from Trey Lance in the offense, um, this game is winnable, like I said. Um, a first uh, drive interception for the Niners uh, really crippled them, and they had to start uh, climbing you know, up and get, trying to get back into the game uh, right from the beginning. Um, Trey Lance made a, a rookie mistake and threw an interception on the first drive, like I said, and it just... Uh, it changed the whole uh, momentum of the game because, you know, the Cardinals get the ball back in the second half. Um, they go down and score on that uh, interception. Um, and that's just, that's that that really hurts uh, your, your, your whole team and your whole offense. But 
Um, you know, I think if the Niners had gone down the field and maybe scored like a, maybe a field goal or a touchdown in that first drive, I think this game would have had a whole different outcome. Um, I personally, I really enjoy this Niners team. Um, now healthy and with a new with new life at the QB position, um, this 49ers game could be fun and even more lethal as the season goes on. Um, I really enjoyed this game because it was really close. I love divisional games because they just they for some reason they're always so close and they come down to the wire almost every single time. Um, and yeah, other than, you know, the Trey Lance interception, I thought the Niners played a complete game and the Cardinals, um, they, they played, you know, they played Cardinals football. They, they do everything very well, just like the Rams do, just like the Bills do. That's why they're my number two in the entire NFL. Um, but like I said, Kyler Murray being stuck in the pocket and not being able to scramble was, uh, something that really, um, screwed them up a little bit and, uh, they need to work, work around those kind of issues if they run into it again. Um, next up, Colts blow the lead. <laughs> um, the Colts couldn't ca- they they can't catch a break at all. Um, they started slow this season. Um, they're under Carson Wentz is under delivering, um, and they have an offense that is inconsistent in scoring. They only score around fifteen to twenty points a game, which in today's NFL is just not unless you have like the best defense in the NFL to keep the other teams down. It's not enough. Fifteen to twenty points is not enough. Um, the Ravens proved they're truly a, a top five to top ten talent for me. Um, they played until the very end and it, um, never seemed like the game was out of their hands. Even when they were down 16 points in the fourth, um, Lamar Jackson was stellar in a passing game, throwing for over 400 yards, four touchdowns and running for 62. He's, he's just, he's, he's one of the best passers in the game. I'm sorry. He like, when he lets go of that ball, it's just so fluid and you know, it doesn't even look like the ball's moving that fast. It looks like it's just floating in the air. Um, but he gets it where he wants it to be every single time. Um, like I said earlier in the podcast, Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown had a uh, career nights, both catching two touchdowns and well over a hundred yards. Um, and the Ravens defense, um, they were outplayed by the Colts offense for, and they were ran over, um, by the Colts for a majority of the game. But when it mattered most, they came up with blocked field goals, defensive stops, and you know, everything that they could do when it mattered. Um, and they were able to pull it off against the Colts and, uh, the Colts really, th- this is, this is a hard one for them to swallow. Um, I think they're pretty much a lost cause other than the fact that they're in a really shitty division. Um, cause if they weren't, if they were in a, any other division in the AFC, uh, I think they would be at the bottom of it. Um, but luckily they have the Texans and the, the Jags in their division. Um, and I'll get to the whole division standings here soon, but uh, the Colts—they're—they're—they're they're they're having a hard time. I don't think Carson Wentz is the answer. Um, he just doesn't look good back there. He's very awkward when he moves. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm not really excited about the Colts moving forward. And I also wasn't surprised that they had blew this lead. I'm not a big Colts fan this year. Um, all right, the v- divisional updates of this podcast. Here we go. So we're gonna start with the AFC side, and then we'll go to the NFC side. Um, starting with the AFC East, um, like I said, the Bills have really separated themselves um, as a division, uh, as division favorites and possible conference favorites. Um, they've just been playing all around really good football, and they've been not they've they have been using every opportunity that they, that they get to score. They have barely, very rarely, where you see uh, Buffalo go down the field and not score or get the ball and not score. Um, the Patriots have suffered, uh, losses to teams that are simply better than them, except for the Dolphins. Um, they have held up against well, well against, uh, other opponents like, uh, Tampa Bay and Mac Jones first, uh, disastrous rookie game against the Saints. Other than that, they've held up pretty well against, uh, all their teams. Um, so they're, you know, they're doing pretty decent. Um, you know, they've just been meeting hard opponents and Mac Jones had a, like a bad day. But other than that, um, the Patriots have been doing pretty middle of the road this year. Uh, the Dolphins and Jets, they have more issues uh, than players on their teams, honestly. That's the only thing I have to say about the Dolphins and Jets. They have every issue in the world. Um, the AFC West. Uh, the AFC West is a very uh, interesting division. Uh, the Chargers have emerged as the front runner, um, as a division winner for me. Uh, but the season is still young. Um, people are handing out fucking MVP candidates right now. Um, and, you know, we're going into week six. Um, as the season grows, we see teams like the Chiefs and the Broncos uh, getting exposed for the holes in their games, um, and the Raiders obviously have gotten exposed for other things like I talked about earlier um, with the whole John Gruden situation, but the Chiefs getting exposed for bad defense, Broncos getting exposed for you know inconsistent offense and defense that can be exposed um, you know, for you know, being, being able to be passed on, being able to run, be run on. Um, 
So, yeah, I think Chargers are the, the favorite to win this division um, with everything going on in the rest of the di- uh, division. But, um, yeah, Chargers <laughs> Chargers in four. No. <laughs> um, AFC South. Um, probably the sorriest division in the NFL. All of these teams have their issues. Um, the Titans are imposters. Uh, the Texans have played well but uh, are inconsistent and aren't winning much. They're just not going to win much this year. Um, the Colts are toast. They had their chance against the Ravens, but even if they win the division, which they very well could, um, uh, they're not going to go anywhere. Whoever comes out of this division is going to get knocked out in the first round, I think, um, of the playoffs. And then uh, the Jaguars, besides being young, um, have many problems with morale, um, you know, being the whole Urban Meyer situation um, and coaching, which is also pertaining to Urban Meyer. So this is the worst division in the NFL by, uh, by far for me. Um, the Titans are what they're, they're supposed to be or what they have been. Like I said, the Texans are not great. The Colts could win this division. They have the talent to do so, but they're just not going to go anywhere if they do. Um, the only team that I could see making making a run and any sort of playoff run is the uh, the Titans out of this if they fix themselves. You know, if Tannehill starts playing like how he has been, um, if Julio Jones and A.J. Brown come back and actually start producing, um, that's the only way I see uh, anybody from this division doing anything at all this year. Um, AFC North, to finish up the AFC, probably the most exciting AFC division. Um, the AFC North um, has three teams that could win it uh, or make it all in the playoffs. Uh, all three can make it in the playoffs. And when I say win it, I mean the division, uh, the division title, but also make the playoffs. Uh, the Ravens uh, can improve their run defense, I thought, a little bit against the Colts on Monday night. Um, I thought jo- Jonathan Taylor and uh, Naheem Hines were not running all over them, but they were giving up too much, I thought. Um, against these two um, but they could set up that run defense a little bit better to uh, set themselves apart um, but they need to pull off at least one win against uh, you know teams like the Browns and the Bengals um, to really set themselves up for success um, to really secure a playoff spot um, the Browns are probably the most well-rounded team to me um, a good run offense above average passing you know Baker's not the best but he's he gets the job done. They have good receivers, um, especially once Jarvis Landry comes back. They'll be even better, um, and probably the best defense in the NFL. Um, I don't really see them not making the playoffs this year. Um, winning the division is questionable because you know the Ravens are on top of the world right now, but um, the Browns are very solid, and they'll definitely make it out of this division this year. Um, the Bengals, to me, are one of the more dangerous and more exciting teams in the NFL, um, as they can be often overlooked. Um, the defense is better than people think it is, like I stated earlier. Um, and the weakest part of the team is probably the passing offense, which isn't that bad. You know, um, they could maybe the, the offense as a whole, they could improve. Obviously Joe Burrow could take care, better care of the ball. Um, the offensive line could be better, even though I think they played exceptionally well this year. Um, and Joe Mixon has been kind of uh, fighting a, an injury, um, off and on this year. He's been off and on the field, but not as much as you'd like him to be on the field. Um, but yeah, the Bengals are a fun team. They're a dangerous team as well. Uh, and the Steelers, they were able to pull off the win against the Broncos, but the injury list is something that you just cannot ignore. Um, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, hurt his shoulder this past week. Um, the defense is constantly got players coming in and out of it, um, being injured and whatnot. And they're not playing up to the level that they should be on defense. Um, and Big Ben, I'm sorry, man, he's just got to go. He's, he's, it's, it's over. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, moving on to the NFC, uh, the NFC East, as divisions go, um, this one is probably decided already. Um, Dallas has set themselves up for success this season as uh, other teams in the division like the, the Eagles, the football team, the Washington football team, the Giants uh, are struggling to even stay above 500. Um, and the only team that I could see threatening them if Dallas, you know, just kind of steers off and they, they hit a they hit a ditch or something and they, they lose maybe three or four games in a row um, is the Eagles that could threaten them, but I really don't see that happening right now. Um, so, yeah, as divisions go, for me, I think this one's pretty much decided if everything stays the way it is uh, it's going right now. Um, the AFC West, another fun division. Um, the NFC West – or, sorry, I said AFC West. I meant NFC West. <laughs> um, it has two teams that have really set themselves apart from the other two, um, Arizona and Los Angeles. Um, both have been dominant in all aspects of the game. However, um, on the other side of that coin with the two teams who are starting to fall behind with Seattle and the 49ers, they're having issues at quarterback. Um, Seattle obviously lost Russell Wilson, who's one of the best quarterbacks of this generation. Um, but the Niners, it's not so much that they're having issues at quarterbacks that Kyle Shanahan can't make up his mind at quarterback. 
You know, he's got uh, Trey Lance coming in this week, but there's no tra- saying that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo will come in the next week. Um, and they really need to just commit to something, and then I think the Niners will be able to improve. But right now, um, I can see Arizona and Los Angeles making it out of this uh, division. Uh, the NFC South, um, a surprisingly close division, um, with the leader being the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, that will on- honestly, I think they'll still get away um, to stay atop of the division. Um, but there is also accompanied by teams like the Panthers um, and the Saints, who also could make it out and into the playoffs. But they're plagued by inconsistency. The Saints' offense is either on or it's off. The Panthers' offense is either on or it's off. They need to they need to figure that out um, before they you know before I start saying you know oh, this team's gonna make it out of the division. This team's gonna make it out of the division. But um, right now, I think the the Buccaneers are in the best spot to win it. Um, but I think the way the Bucks are gonna win it is they're gonna be in a lot of shootouts this year if they're. Uh, if their pass defense keeps staying as uh, bad as it is. Uh, and to finish up is the NFC North. Um, not much has changed in this division this year. Um, not as many, like not as much as a lot of people thought. Um, you know, a lot of people thought the Packers might fall because Aaron Rodgers, you know, might throw the season on purpose, especially after the Saints game, or, you know, he might not even be there at all. Um, but the Packers have been doing just fine this year. They pulled off the win against the Bengals. Like I said, they've won four in a row. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and, yeah, the Packers have been doing just fine at the top of the division. The Bears, however, have sneakily won three this year, um, and they're in second place. Um, but that's also because the Vikings have been – they've just really been just left out in the dust. <laughs> I don't know how, to, how else to say it. The Vikings um, are two and three now, um, but they have – been just left out in the dust, especially by the schedule makers. Whoever made this schedule for the Vikings absolutely hates this team. Let me just read this off to you real quick. So the Vikings had uh, Detroit in week five, but to start the season, they had the Bengals, which they lost to. They had Arizona, which they lost to. They beat Seattle. They lost to Cleveland. They beat Detroit. Then next week, they have Carolina. And then they have a bye week. Then they have Dallas. Then they have Baltimore. Then they have the Chargers. Then they have the Packers. Then they have the Niners. Then they have the Steelers, and then they have the Rams, then the Packers again. <laughs> it's 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 bad. <laughs> they have a lot of good teams. I mean, the, these teams alone, like they're all just going to beat the hell out of them. After week eight, I mean, Dallas, if the Vikings keep up the way they are and Dallas keep the way they are, this should be a win for Dallas. The Baltimore game should, should beat the hell out of the Vikings. The Chargers should. The Packers should twice. It's not looking great for the Vikings this year. Um and it really sucks because the Bears uh, have pulled off three wins to kind of get ahead of them. Um, but I feel like the Vikings as a whole are better than the Bears. Um, but, yeah, I just really felt bad when I was looking at their schedule. I was like, damn, the Vikings are they're so explosive and they're really good. Uh, but they've been left out to dry when it comes to schedule making. Um, and the Lions, uh, they have talent as well. Like I said earlier, I like Jared Goff. I like Jamal Williams, TJ Hawkinson. Um, but and they're, they have talent, but they're failing to string it together. Um, but like the Vikings, I said, they, they have a, they have a hard, hard, uh, schedule this year too, upon having to play the Packers twice. Um, and you know, and play the Vikings, they, uh, let's see, they had to play the Ravens like that, that crazy win with, um, uh, shit with, uh, Justin Tucker getting the 66 yarder. They got to play the Bengals next week, then the Rams, then they got to play the Eagles and somehow stop their offense. And then they got to play the Steelers, who, you know, the Steelers should be better than they are. Then they got to play the Browns. And then they got to play the Cardinals. And then they got to play the Seahawks and the Packers again. Like, the, it's not looking great for the Lions this year either. Um, so the lower half of the AFC North, and honestly, everybody but the Packers are not, they're not looking good this year, um, schedule wise. And yeah, it's, 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 it's bad. It's bad for the AFC North. <laughs> Um, I wanted to thank you guys so much for tuning into the Boom Team podcast. I'm sorry um, that it took a little bit to get this episode out. I'm trying to stick to like Monday, Wednesday, something like that. I'm I'm really trying to figure out a schedule. Um, this one person podcast thing, but I'm is uh, kind of difficult because I don't have a lot of uh, a lot of time to watch all the games. Like I said earlier today, um, but I'm also trying to give you guys the best analysis and not just look at a score of a game and the stats and be like, oh, this happened because I'm like, oh, I haven't seen it yet. Um, but I am watching every single game, like every week, even after I uh, release a podcast, I still watch the games from the previous week just to kind of keep up with how each team is performing. Um, so then uh, hopefully on the next episode, I can give better analysis on that team later. Um, keep an eye out for, um, our, a website that'll be coming up and hopefully soon. Um, I've just been 
got I've got a whole lot going on, so I'm trying to work on that, but also you know deal with everything else I got I got going on. Um, I'm also working on uh, getting a TikTok out and hopefully uh, growing the fan base a little bit um, and getting more more of you guys listening to the podcast. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Follow me on Instagram at uh, Dakota dot Nutter. So D A K O T A all lowercase dot N U T T E R all lowercase. Um, follow the Boom Team podcast. It's a Boom Team podcast, all one word, all lowercase. Uh, I'm also probably going to be making a YouTube um, for the Boom Boom Team podcast as well uh, pretty soon. So um, say you guys don't have access to Apple or uh, Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast, if you can only find it on like, YouTube or something, it'll be there as well. I'm just going to upload the audio. And who knew? Who knows? Maybe later on I'll have like a webcam or something, um, so you can see my ugly face um, <laughs> while I'm uh, recording the podcast and talking about football and sports and all this great stuff. Um, like I said, next week uh, we'll probably have some NBA um, going on as well. Just kind of seeing what the league looks like to start. Obviously, it's going to be early in the season. Um, the NHL is kicking up too. It's October. The MLB is uh, hitting the playoffs. This is the, like this. This is the best part of the year is October because you know MLB's got playoffs. Uh, the NBA is kicking back up. NHL is kicking back up. Football's already going, getting into it. It's awesome. I love it. Um, I hope you guys have a great day and a great week. I'll see you guys next week. And thank you guys so much for listening. And I'll see you guys on the flip side.